Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The podcast with Dan Bardell and Greg Evans. Hello, welcome back to 1874, the podcast with myself, Dan Bardell, and the Athletics' Greg Evans. We're here to look over Aston Villa's Christmas period, and this podcast is in association with NordVPN, and we thank you, thank them, sorry, very much for continuing to sponsor us. We haven't done much content over Christmas, all taken a little bit of a breather, a little bit of a break, and that break has actually coincided with Villa not winning for a few games, Greg, which is which is rare, so it's probably a good job that we're back, not knocking the players, the manager, or anyone at Villa at all, because they've been absolutely brilliant at the halfway point of this season, as Unai Emery alluded to in his post-match against Manchester United. But we can't get away from the fact that the last two games have been disappointing from, from Villa fans' point of view. Yeah, aside from the football, it's been nice to have a bit of a break, hasn't it? I don't know if you, you had, if you had much time off, have you, Dan? Or? I just feel like I've not had any time in general to even think about doing a podcast. In, <laughs> in, in in all honesty, obviously, I've watched the watched the Villa games. I unfortunately couldn't go to the Sheffield United game as well. So it's the first home game I've missed for probably years. And again, I feel like you know I was there for every fifteen in a row that they won, and then suddenly I didn't go, and they they, they didn't win. <laughs> yeah, so I'm yeah. back against Burnley. So that's the that's the important team news ahead of ahead of that fixture. But yeah, it's just been a been a really busy time. How how was your uh, your first Christmas with the little one? It wasn't. It was really nice. Yeah, we like me and my wife both were had you know a cold or flu or COVID, whatever you call it these days. Um, and he, legacy he flu, a, I call it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so we were all pretty pretty ill for um three or four days but we recovered we recovered just in time for christmas day which was nice went to my sister's and we had you know big big family sort of day which was good good to have the little one with us for the first time and and yeah it was the first year i'd had, had for probably a decade i think that i had boxing day off which was really you know amazing because when when you work in football and you you know you know that really that it's going to be busy gearing up to christmas because you have to schedule stuff and plan stuff in advance because you know typically everyone wants christmas day off um, but then you always know you're going to be at a game on, on Boxing Day, which I used to quite like. You know, in fact, I really looked forward to it in previous years. Christmas Day used to go on for quite long, and I, I used to look forward to the Boxing Day game. But this year, I, I literally watched football from twelve o'clock all the way through to about Did half you? ten on the telly. Yeah, started with the Newcastle Forest game and then finished with the with the Villa game. So yeah, no no work for me. So it was literally like nearly 12 hours of football and just had my little one next to me my wife went out shopping so it was a really good boxing day just shame about some of the results didn't quite obviously the villa result was was disappointing at the end um 
But look, I think, you know, a, a very good year, wasn't it, for, for Villa? Yeah, very good. Really good. Um, and look, a good first half of the season. I think they were sl- slightly punching above their weight. You know, we, we, we both discussed, didn't we, last week that we that we think Villa are still in the title race because, um, you know, if if they're what, now two points above Man City at the halfway stage um, and they beat Man City, they beat Arsenal, they're still very much in the title race. Whether they will go and, you know, do that or, or win that, you know, it's, it's, let's let's wait and see. But um, yeah, I feel like Villa are just slightly ahead of schedule. But this, these results maybe brought them down to, to earth a little bit. It feels like a little bit of, of, of a reality check. I will say that I'm in a, what's a few WhatsApp groups, obviously, as, as probably many Villa fans are. And at half time, obviously, things were good. We, we were 2 0 up. Something about Manchester United, I, I just didn't feel safe because we just never really get anything there in in general. I think this is something about, was it five Premier League wins? And even that felt like, like too many in the comments. That, that can't be right, even the fact that, that the commentator said five Premier League wins. At, well, they've only beat Manchester United five times yeah, in, in the Premier right. League. So that was it. So we've got it's a... Premier League era. Yeah, we've got well, a... Well, no, mate, mate, sorry, stretch stretches back a little bit. But, um, well, yeah, you know, remember a couple of years ago when I was at Old Trafford and Courtney Hall scored that last minute winner. And, and that was the... I think that was only the second time in 30 odd years or whatever that they'd, that they'd, that they'd won yeah. at Old Trafford in the Premier League. I think that was right. Gabby, did Gabby yeah. get Gabby a goal one year? Um, so yeah, look, look, Man City, uh, Man United seem to be a bit of a bogey team for Villa. They've, they've struggled against them in years gone by. So many times they've they've taken a lead and, and then thrown it away, haven't they? I remember the time under Gerard Julio, I think went 2 a little bit when they played all the kids and ended up drawing 2-2, did they, that day or lose 3-2? They drew two two. There's it's been there's been countless it? times, mate. FA yeah. Cup, Van the ball, Van Roy on. didn't he? When it, you know, do, I mean, the, the list is just endless, you know. But but I really, really didn't expect it. I thought Villa were totally in control of not totally in control. Sorry, I thought they were the better team in the first half. They were deserving of their of their lead. And look, you know, Villa hadn't thrown away any points from winning positions this season, and I was really confident. I thought Villa would go on and, and see that game out. Um, but the second half was just a, a real a real wobble and, and a real concern actually. Um, lots of lots of under uh, lots of bad performances. Thought Carlos had a an unusually bad day. Um, I thought Moreno was poor defensively when he came on. The Villa were two nil up when he came on, they, and you know he scored all three goals. Um, and there were lots of problems down his side. Um, and just collectively as a team, I thought Villa just 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 dropped off a, a, a fair bit. Yeah, I felt like Villa needed eleven John McGinns really, or ten John McGinns in, in in the game. It felt at the moment, you know, feels like we kind of need him in the middle. But then when we when he's not playing out wide in the mm. in the box ten role, that they're missing something there. So it feels like we need a few John McGinns on on the pitch at the moment. You're right, there were so many players off it. You know, I think Ramsey struggling to get back to to, to fitness. I think Louise didn't really get any control in in the midfield. Probably one of his worst displays of, of of the season. The thing that keeps playing on my mind now, Greg, is that that red card against Brentford is very very costly because I think Villa take six points with Kamara in that team. Yeah, I put I put a tweet out last night. You know, just just saying, um, you know, he's Kamara now. I, I I think in that if you look at that Villa team, there are two players that they that they cannot replace: Watkins for his goals, um, and and Emmy Martinez. You know, with players that they currently have in that squad. And and I put a tweet out last night saying, now are we looking at, you know, Kamara as one of these irreplaceable players, uh, and perhaps even Pau Torres? 
I know mm. that players get even better when they're not around. Um, and perhaps Villa might have, have lost these or, or failed to pick up maximum points from these games with them anyway. But I do think Kamara brings a level of control to the game that, that Villa need. Um, he's very composed. He's got that slightly fiery edge as well, which um, just makes it harder for, for opponents to get past him. But yeah, sh- really stupid uh, red card. That, 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 that he's looking to be a bit costly now, to be honest. And, and you just think back to the scenario at Brentford. It was needless, really. You know, they didn't yeah. need to get into all that sort of, all those handbags, really. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, we, we're missing a few players in fairness. You know, if Kamara's out, you'd hope that Tillemans would be able to drop in, but he's out as well. Pau Torres is a huge miss, you're right, because again, you're talking about control. You know, Kamara and Pau Torres are two players that enable you to have that control. Villa were not good on the ball in the, no. in the second half. They were so, so loose and just didn't really ever create anything in, in that second half. The only time I felt that like, we looked good was after we conceded. We right, said to have a chance didn't? after kickoff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the only time I felt we looked good in the, in the second half that was, that was bizarre, but it was just a... It was an unvilla-like collapse, but I do think there's mitigating circumstances around it when you look at the, the missing players. And Manchester United have players missing as well. You know, every team's got players missing at the moment. It's, it's not an excuse. We should have been better than that. And it really was <coughs> It was a clinic on, on how not to hold on to a two-goal lead, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, Villa Villa lost possession of 100, and I noted it down earlier, 148 times, which is the second highest all season. So, you know, so they were just so sloppy in possession. I thought they gave the ball. When away. you say all season, do you mean across the entirety of the Premier League or just Villa? Uh, in just Villa games, I'd love uh, to yeah. know what the first game was. 148 times they cons- they lost possession. I think the most was Bournemouth uh, away. Oh, yeah, okay. a couple of weeks ago, and, and actually um, the next one down was Brentford as well. So there's a bit of a pattern developing here. You know, Villa are just not quite. They're not quite as sharp as, as they have been previously. They're perhaps trying to overplay a little bit too much. Um, but look, that, that, that's not going to change. That's the way Emery wants them to play. That's what's worked for them this season. So no real need to change. But they've just got to sharpen it up and get it right because it can be costly if it goes wrong. And and, and we've seen that. You know, I mentioned Carlos earlier. I don't, don't want to highlight or, or pick out you know too many individuals for, for a bad performance. Bad but round. He just what yeah it was a bad day all around. He just he, Carlos just wasn't quite at it, you know. Gave away um, uh, a couple of passes into midfield, and perhaps look, you know, perhaps the the fact that he was playing it into Dendonka more often than Kamara, and just the movements and the patterns of play were just a little bit off because you know, um, you know that they haven't played as as many games as as the others. Might have been a might have been a thing, but you just can't do that, especially especially at, at Man United with those front three players, you know, they, they are going to cause problems. Rashford and, and Garnacho are really quick players. If if you if, if you give Fernandez the chance to put a, a through ball to one of them, typically they're going to stretch the defence and, and cause some problems, um, you know, regardless of how poor United have been this season. So, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was disappointing. I mean, if, maybe if we go through some of the positives in the, in the first half, I think that um, the fact Villa have now scored more goals from set pieces, 
than any other team in the top five divisions of, of in Europe is, is a real positive. You know, clearly we're seeing the benefits of um, a real set piece culture at the club. Um, the, the the you know the work that Austin McPhee and his analysts put in a very very vast and uh, varied playbook of of routines. But also, I think the main thing that we have to emphasise is Emery. You know, the fact that he wants to stand in on all these sessions and oversee them and relay the message and make sure the players know exactly what they're doing. I think if you look at the first goal, really, really clever from Leon Baylor, you know, something we haven't seen um, too often in in, in, in Villa set-piece routines. He was just standing right on the goalkeeper and he was actually singing to him. <laughs> he was off was putting, he? he was off-putting him, yeah, putting him off a little bit. And I think it was a bit of a play on the name. Um Oh really? That's very clever. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Very, that's that's part of that was part of the routine. Was he obviously told to do? Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. A... So really, really clever. And I like that. I like that from Villa. I like the creativity. And you know, when okay, Man United haven't been great this season, but when you go to Old Trafford and some of these other bigger places where typically it's been a little bit more intimidating over the years, <clears throat> you have to really find a creative way to get the better of them. And we've seen Emmy Martinez doing that with Bruno Fernandez and yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo before. You know, he was trash talking Fernandez. Why aren't Why aren't you letting? Why isn't Ronaldo taking it and getting into his head? Um, and and that's what Bailey was doing to to, to Anana, just just trying to put him off a little bit. And it worked because yep. you know we've seen Villa went and scored directly from the from the free kick from John McGinn. I think with you know McPhee's obviously works with McGinn um, at Scotland as well. So there's a little bit of a crossover with with the work that they do um, and a real buy-in from all the players. And yeah, the second goal, another one from from a corner, and good to see Dendonka get on the end of it. Dendonka was actually good in the first half, wasn't yeah, he? Really won, good. won the free kick, and then uh, for the first goal, scored the second. Um, and you just want them to hold on from there, and I thought they would, but no, it all fell apart. I feel a bit sorry for Dendonka because I actually really, really like him, and I think he's really useful. I, lo- I love it when he comes on to say out games. I think he's re- really good at that, and I think every time he's been asked to slot in, he's done it with minimum fuss and hasn't hasn't looked out of place. I think tactically, he's a very clever player. But when the chips were down in the second half and you needed to look after the ball and you Villa are trying to move the ball quickly like they normally <coughs> do, which isn't that's just not his game, is it? And he struggles with it a, li- a little bit. And, you know, I'm not singling him out at all because, as I say, I really, really like him. But in the first half, I was watching, like, I was thinking, what a manager Emery is. You know, Den Donker and Longley come in and they look like they've been there all season and they're, they're doing really well. And then just as the tide turned, I was then sat and watching, oh, them two are, them two are struggling. struggling it, yeah, it, it's yeah. clear that they've not been there all season. So it's a, it's, a, it's a really, really difficult one. You know, people have knocked some of Emery's team selection at times in the Carabao Cup, but, you know, he was trying to get people games and, and, and keep their sharpness up and you need it for moments like this when you when you are stretching, you, you need to get your squad in there. Look, it's a... I don't often nowadays, you know, in my life, Villa have lost a hell of a lot of games. You know, I can usually take defeats pretty, pretty well, a lot better than some of my friends, mentioning absolutely no names at all, Christopher <laughs> Dolan. But, you know, I've got to say, at the end of the game, I, I was pretty flat after 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 the yeah. Manchester United game on Boxer Day. I, was, I, I did sit there and think, bloody ruined Christmas, Villa. Why, why do you have to be like this? Why, why have you done this? But then Emery's interview afterwards, you do have to have a reality check and think, yeah. you know, Villa aren't just going to win every game. It isn't going to happen. No, and I, and I think look, I think you you would have shared the um, the feeling of of pretty much every Villa supporter that goes to games regularly. There, there was a lot of disappointment after the Sheffield United draw, which for a long time looked like it was well, for a short time looked like it was going to be a defeat. Well, um, for that one, I could take away from that the fact that you know 
they went behind in the 87th minute and they nicked a mm. point still. I, I could, I took some satisfaction <coughs> from that one still. But I just felt Villa Park was very flat. It felt like a defeat. You know, it felt like the opportunity to go top of the league had, had been thrown away against who probably are the worst team in the league. And, and you know, the fact that Archer, was, Archer went and did that, it just sort of added a little bit of salt into the wound, didn't it? Um, but look, credit credit to Villa for, for fighting back and getting something out of that game and protecting their their unbeaten, which we can now call an unbeaten run at home rather than a, than a 100%. It's not the record. same. Not quite the same. It's still unbeaten, you know. Still, still, uh, still very impressive. But then to go to Man United, go two 0 up, and look like there'd been a real clear reaction from the Sheffield United game, and then throw it away. It just felt like a, you know they were doubling down on um, the uh, the uh, despair almost. But yeah, I think you just got to look across the the course of the season and the calendar year, really, or at least from the back end of February, and it, it's been fantastic, you know. Villa, I think, are overachieving. I think they've picked up more points than they, than they than, than we expected them to. Yep. I think they're sixteen or seventeen points better than they were this time last year. So let's take the positives out of it. Let's not slate the the fringe players too much because for Villa to create a squad that is going to be, you know, genuinely competing for titles every single season. Going to take a couple more years to rebuild to, to to build that squad, and I think you know it's hard to have players that are any better than Longley or Dendonka, who are fourth or fifth choice in their position, because they're not going to come to the club. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're a top player and you play, if you're a 40, 50 million pound player, you're not going to come and be fourth or fifth choice, are you? It's just that's what that's what a squad's there, a squad is there for. And look, let's be honest. Longley is, is Villa's fourth choice or fifth choice defender, fifth choice centre back, isn't it? Fourth choice. But it, would, it, mean, it means you know, he'd be Mings, fifth choice. Ponza, Carlos, uh, Torres, and Longley is the fifth choice defender. So, unfortunately, Villa are just stretched at this time, and and you know inevitably they are going to have to turn to players in the squad. Then Donku is is the same. You know, you put Louise McGinn. Um, Tielemans, Kamara, all ahead of him. He's the fifth choice centre midfielder. So. You know, it's, it's difficult at this time. We were a little bit stretched. You look at some of the other clubs, um, you know, Newcastle, Tottenham have had their problems. Man United, Liverpool are starting to feel it a little bit. Um, you know, Arsenal are the only team really that haven't had any haven't had any major sort of setbacks with, with their, you know, a, a, a lot of injuries. Um, and the fact that Villa have navigated through nine really tough games in the space of about 33, 34 days. Um, you know, it's pretty impressive, I think. Yeah, it's one of those where if you looked at the fixtures and you were offered the points tally that Villa have taken from those nine games, you'd, take have it, snapped, you, yeah. you'd have snapped your hand yeah. off for it. It's, yeah. it's the way it's come, isn't it? With it yeah, yeah. ending on a bit of a bit of a damp squib, I guess that's the difficult <coughs> thing. If Villa had lost to Man City and drawn with Arsenal and you looked at that run, you'd be like, that's OK. Yeah. You know, f- f- fair enough. But because that, it's almost like they raise their own expectations because they beat Manchester City and Arsenal, won, won both those games. And then we even went to Brentford after that and one which has been a difficult place. You just wish they could have. It's I, I can discount the Sheffield United game. I accept the, that always felt a little bit of a, a banana skin in, in some ways. It's the fact they were, t- even if they'd have just lost to Manchester United, it's the fact they were turning up, isn't it, at half time and things were looking brilliant. And you're thinking, Ten Hag's in trouble here. This atmosphere could really turn. Really, really quickly, and then, then suddenly they get they get the goal back. One thing I wanted to ask you about that I saw mooted on on social media is I think the offside trap is absolutely brilliant. 
I, I love it. Like I, I take a lot of satisfaction when you know, teams are scoring and we've caught them offside with that brilliant offside trap. I saw a few people speculating whether in a way games playing that way and we Villa having that offside trap and teams attacking us, playing the ball over the top and actually scoring and then it getting disallowed. It's actually getting the atmosphere up. And, it, mm. and it, people felt like it was getting the atmosphere up at Old Trafford and then getting the fans behind the players rather than what we wanted it to do and, 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 and the fans turn. Do, do, would you go along with that? Do you think that's a thing? I think I, I just think that the that Villa's game plans worked so many more times than it hasn't. Mm. So you can't knock it too much. But I mean I totally get that point. I think it's a a valid point, but I don't think Villa are going to change the way they play because of that. Um I mean they they caught I think they caught United off offside six or seven times in the first half. It was working quite well. Uh We've seen so many occasions against these big teams, you know, the, the so-called big six or however you want to describe them. You know, a couple of games against Tottenham that Villa have both won. They tried to do that, didn't they, and get through the offside trap, but it, it just didn't quite work. Um, I just think Villa get it right more often than not. So I, I, I wouldn't, I don't think it's too much of an issue. I, I take the point that away from home, Villa aren't quite looking on it, are they? You know, it's not, it's not, it's not quite as fluid. Well, it's certainly not as fluid as the home form. And, and look, if it was, then you know they'd be top of the league and, and running away with the league. Oh, but, um, so you know, inevitably they're going to drop points at, at some stage. But away from home, it's just not quite as fluid. Um, and I wonder if you know there, there maybe needs to be a, a slight change to the approach. Yeah, we'll pick this back up in a sec. But firstly, let's hear a little bit more from our sponsors, NordVPN. 1874 is proudly sponsored by NordVPN, so when the Villa are playing and you can't watch it, we want to help you. NordVPN is a secure and private service which works on pretty much any device, including your laptop, mobile and your smart television. So if you want to watch some live content, it allows you to appear like you're in another country. And whilst you're connected, no one else can find out what you're doing, including your internet service provider. Beyond this, the service also has threat protection baked in to protect you from intrusive website ads and malware, which is pretty handy for you. As part of NordVPN supporting 1874, they have given us an exclusive deal of up to 65% off and four months for free. This also includes Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All you've got to do is go to 1874.io slash NordVPN and sign up. All the details are also in the description. As always, we're very grateful to anyone that signs up. We know that money is tight, but if you think NordVPN will help you out, it will also help keep the channel running and help us too. So, Greg, Burnley next a few days' time. I feel like Emery's post-match against Manchester United was really clever, like talking about the fact that we've hit the halfway point, we're ahead of schedule, you know, 39 points, absolutely amazing at this stage of the season for the football club. I kind of feel like he's going to use that to his advantage and that it's almost like now they've lost and not won the game before, so a couple of games without a win. It's almost like a reset point. I feel mm. like he was quite clever in the way he spoke after his post-match, because I imagine he was seething. It reminded me a little bit of the that Arsenal game that they lost at Villa, at Villa Park, where afterwards, you know, I can imagine he was not happy with the lack of control at all. But he didn't come out and, and say that. I think he was very clever and that he will Villa and him will use this as a reset point and, and bounce back against Burnley. Because, you know, over en Emery's tenure, they haven't dwelled too much on defeats, but whenever they have lost, they've tended mm. to bounce back. It hasn't turned into defeats in a row. 
Yeah, I mean, look, the, the frustration was clear to see. <clears throat> you know, you could see it in his body language and, and in his face from uh, the Sheffield United game and the Manchester United game because in isolation, they're two really frustrating and poor results. One, you, you're failing to beat the worst team in the division at home. So in isolation, that's frustrating and you need a 97th minute equaliser just to salvage a point. And then the second one, you go 2-0 up. You've never dropped a point this season from a winning position and then you go and concede it. So you just put those two together just in isolation and it's a really, really frustrating three or four days because, you know, you think of everything that you've worked on and, and all the plans and on all the opportunities that you had ahead of you. And it feels like, um, you know, a lot of the good hard work has been undone um, in two games. But I think... With a bit of time to reflect, which you know he took, he took a little bit longer to to come out and speak after the after the Man United game, um, and, uh, and and there weren't too many players sort of speaking after either. So it was more so it was more a case of look, we're all frustrated, we're all hurting a little bit, but let's all regroup and, and see where we're at. And the bigger picture is very good. You know, Villa are still third in the table. They got a lot ahead of them. You know, a, a cup tie at, at Middlesbrough that you'd fancy them to go and get the job done, even though. Middlesbrough are doing quite well in the Championship, um, still in the Europa League and very much in the hunt for things in the Premier League. So, you know, the big picture is nice, you know, it's looking good. Um, but a reset period is probably needed now. You know, this real hectic period of games is over. Villa have a little bit of a rest period, you know. They probably need a day off or two. You know, it wouldn't, wouldn't, be, a, wouldn't be a bad thing, actually. I, I don't know the exact schedule, but it wouldn't be a bad thing to to maybe just have a real switch off and, and a few days off because the perception from outside from people outside of football is that when you lose, you've got to go and double down and work even harder no, to no. try and get better. Sometimes just a day off with your family and to forget about football refreshes things and maybe that's what they need at the moment. I think they'll get a little bit more downtime in, in January because the fixtures um, aren't, as, um, aren't as regular. Uh but I think under Emery, you know, you look at the other reset periods, certainly after that that Leicester, Man City and, and, and Arsenal run of games last time, um, there was a real reset after that and, and look what followed. So let's hope that Emery you know, can, can, can do the same again. Yes, it's kind of, I don't want to curse Villa here, but it's a decent fixture to have as well, isn't it? Back yeah. Burnley. But yeah, they've been I mean, better but, recently, Burnley, but you'd still like if you were to pick a team to play right now at Villa Park, they'd probably be in your top three. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, in fact, they're probably the best team to play next because you look at the way that they try and play, they, they're not going to sit back and, and do what Sheffield United did or what Brentford did. And I think that's what makes it harder for Villa when teams sit back. Um, Burnley are going to come and have a little bit of a go. They're going to try and play out from the back. Um and that will give Villa spaces and opportunities, I think, to go and be creative themselves and, and, and inflict more damage. Player for player, Villa have got better players than Burnley. So if they if they want to play in a similar way, Villa are going to win the game, I think. Um, it was probably the most complete away performance of the season at Turf Moor, I'd say. They were very, very good, Villa. Um, and if they can if they can put on a performance like that, they'll, they'll, they'll brush past them, I'm sure. We know you like to get amongst the nooks and the crannies at Bodymore Heath, Greg. Are we going to have any players back? <laughs> It'd be nice to have Torres back, wouldn't it? He was um, on the bench, wasn't it? Yeah, but you know, it's one thing being on the bench and another thing actually being available to play. Um, so, look, I'd, I'd like to think that Torres would, 
you, you'd like to hope that Torres is back. Um, not too far away from what we're told. But other than that, no, there's a... Uh, there's, no, I mean, waiting for a late test on Dean, you know, that was disappointing. Because I think he went off when Villa were 2-0 up, weren't they? Moreno come on um, and all three goals were conceded after that. So, um, yeah, you just, you just don't want too much interruption into the team. I think it was clever playing Dendonka rather than trying to drop McGinn back and then bringing you know other players around there. I think what what has worked for Villa is a very sort of solid structure where not much has changed this season. They've got to try and limit the amount of changes. Um, just just not easy with with injuries and suspensions piling up. The suspensions really are killing Villa at the moment, aren't they? Because it's adding to it, isn't it? I mean, Cash will be back. Yeah, but you know, it's just not what they needed. You know, you just don't want to keep losing players. I can't get away from the Camaro one. That was a, a real bad moment for, for for Villa when he got himself sent off. So, so stupid and so, so unnecessary. And I really think he changes the course of the last two games. And, of course, he'll be missing the, the Burnley game as well. You know, Cash will, Cash will come back in. I presume Concer will, will, will shift it across at home. You hope Torres would be back. And then it will be Moreno deputising for Dean if, if, if Luca Dean's out. You kind of want to keep meant, him in the game like, so, so, Sorry to put in, Dan. I mean, you, you, right. you, know, you mentioned that, but it's like... It's almost a completely changed back four, isn't it? Hmm. You know, okay, yeah. it's, it's, okay, it's only Edry Conza switching over a little bit, and it's not too much of a change, but it is a it is a completely makeshift back four then. Yeah, if you're wondering what, what, and, with with another midfielder who hasn't played many games in there, so it's no real surprise that the passing accuracy was much lower than the average of the season against Man United. Um, you know, Villa misplaced more passes in the. In their own um, half than, than than in some of the other games, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it, it, that's what happens when you change players around. You know, things change. But he will, you know, he will. You know, can Bailey play another game in in such quick succession? I think he always struggles with games in a row in in, in a short space of time. Let Leon Bailey, you know, Zaniolo must be pushing for for a start in in this one. The Arby's not quite there. At the moment, his confidence seems to have be, be suffering. He's not doing the same things he was doing at the, at the start of the season. Now, obviously, he's, he's lost his place. I imagine he's a little bit down about that. So, you know, there are not question marks over players because they've, they've all been brilliant. But I do think he'll need to change a few things around against Burnley. Yeah, and I don't think it's the I don't think it's the worst thing um, freshening it up a little bit. I think you know the attacking areas. Is it, is it maybe time for, for Duran to have a look at front for a start? You know, we haven't seen much of him. I, I don't think really he should be placed Watkins, but can you look no. at can you look at him playing up there as a two? Um Zaniolo comes off the bench and has, you know, a big impact in the Sheffield United game. Does he does he deserve a start? I feel like he isn't quite there yet. Do you pull Ramsey out after trying to bring him back and and, and not fully seeing the the best version of Ramsey that we know? Look, there, there, there are lots of little things that that can go the way. I just think Villa, player for player, are better than than Burnley, and you know I back them to to get the job done, whatever team they put out. Yeah, being in, being interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to getting back to Villa Park. I feel like I haven't. You missed one game. You feel like you haven't been there <laughs> for years. And like, and like I said, that's the first time I've I've missed a game for a long time. We'll wrap it up shortly. But as always, Greg, you know what's coming coming up in in January. I have to ask you about it. Fans now, obviously, because we've looked a little bit stretched. We haven't won. For a couple of games, we'll be saying we need to do business in January. We we, we need to do something. Is there, is there any more coming out about January? What what you think they'll be up to? No, I haven't haven't heard anything yet. I mean, it, it was gearing up to be a relatively quiet January. So you know, if if one player maybe came in, then 
uh, that might be something that, that they look to do. But we, we've discussed this previously, haven't we? And I don't think these last two results change too much because my, my point is Dendonka and Longley, they're the fifth choice centre-back or, or midfielder. So, yes, in time you would like to get a stronger squad, but I think that's developed over years, not, not literally the next few days. Um, I don't see Villa being able to really get a better fourth or fifth choice defender or midfielder in. Don't think they do that, you know, in this window. If they want to get something and and just to add a little bit of creativity in the forward positions, I think they might look to do that. You know, I've I've heard some talk around that, although in in other areas it's been played down. So, look, it's it's early days, but we'll wait and see. I think Villa are still pretty well stacked. Um, and we we can't we can't get too downbeat over the last couple of games and think that you know wide widespread changes need to be made and additions need to be brought in because before that Villa were looking very strong. No, I mean I don't think people realise that they're actually not really in a position to bring players in just in terms of of registration. For, for, yeah. for for the squads because if you're bringing someone in, someone is that uh, Villa are tight on it. So if Going to bring someone in, someone needs to come out of the, yeah, I mean, of the Premier know, the, League and the Europe the, registration. There's, there's going to, you know, the, there are players in there that probably don't have a, you know, really long term future at the club and, the, and that Villa would listen to offers for. Um, yeah. But getting those offers are, are another thing. Yeah. For, for example, look, I'm not I'm not picking on Chambers, but I think it's relatively clear that he doesn't have a doesn't have a real future with Villa. If Villa could shift him to someone like Luton or Sheffield United, then I'm sure they'd go. And then that would leave a space perhaps to bring in some competition at right back for, yeah. for Matty Cash. Because at the moment, essentially, that he, Chambers isn't going to play. So essentially, it's a waste of a registration space. But then they're not going to take Chambers out of that and ruin the harmony in, in, in the dressing room. So it would rely on someone going out to, to, to bring someone in. I, I've got to say, I've seen some strange things in, in amongst the podcast world and and Twitter about Matty Cash not being good enough, absolute rubbish. Not that isn't true in in the slightest or anywhere near being true. But you know, it, he is the only natural right back at the club, mm. so that's one area you'd look at and say, well, Villa, like left back, for example, Villa have Moreno and Luca Dean. They probably want yeah. another right back to go alongside Matty Cash. But if he's not there, it's it's not there. But to say Matty Cash isn't good enough, you know, I, don't know, I think he's had a really good season, Matty Cash. Yeah, and, and look, a big part of this progressive Villa team, you know, he, he came in as a, a as a championship player who had never played in the Premier League before. I think he's kicked on, you know, multiple levels. And you know, when Villa were bringing players in from from the championship, they were saying, "Look, come on this journey with us. We'll improve you. We'll get you into your international teams, um, and hopefully, you can help us take us up the Premier League." I think Matty Cash is a perfect example of that. He's now an international footballer, a, a bona fide Premier League player. And um, and and he's helped Villa progress. So yeah, very big part of the team. Uh, yeah, don't, don't don't quite get that one. <laughs> no, it's been, been been weird. There always seems to be someone who you know the fans will, will, will pick on. It seems to be his turn at the at the moment. We'll say it's not a widespread thing. It's just a, a few things I've I've heard on on, on other on other podcasts and I've, I've seen on Twitter that you know to say anyone who's playing in our first eleven isn't good enough. That's <laughs> that's a third in the league. That that isn't true. I agree that if Villa were to strengthen anywhere, it probably would be that position if they could move Chambers on, and that, then you'd have two two good right backs challenging for the place. That that's what you want. But say it's not good enough. Is that a bizarre take? In in my opinion, I'm not saying I'm the oracle and, of and, knowing the players are good enough. But uh, yeah, and, and and I mean, and you know, finding a player that's that's better than him is going to be cost a significant amount of money as well. And I don't yeah. think Villa are really in that position to do that in January. 
unless they move, you know, players on. No, be interesting to see what happens any, anyway. You're, Greg Evans, no doubt, will be across it all with, with, with Jacob. I, I went out with Jacob, actually. Last, was it last week? No, I don't know what day it is today. I went out, went, went out with Jacob. You know, he was, he was, it's interesting, actually, to, to speak to him and, you know, see how the, the, the journos work and stuff. And he was saying, like, how prepped you have to be? Like, I've got five articles ready to go. And he did that. I haven't actually read it yet because I've had a chance. I haven't had time. But he did a big Leon Bailey read, didn't he? Yeah, on, yeah. On Boxing Day, there's some really interesting stuff in the in the headlines of that. But as I say, I haven't had, had, had a chance. To, to, to read it yet, but it never stops. Really, always. Yeah, that's what I say. That's why I was so feel so blessed this year to have a few days off over Christmas. It's, <laughs> oh, it's funny that you. It's funny that you had Boxing Day off. It's like I was expecting you say, "Yeah, I had Boxing Day off. Spent it, spent, spent it with the family." But no, you've had you've had Boxing <laughs> Day off for the first time, and you've watched twelve and a half hours. Of football. <laughs> well, it, it was it was almost by default to be honest. I was I was saying to produce uh, just before the before we come on, but. Um, my wife wanted to go shopping, so she said, look, you got to look after the baby. So we just watch football all day. Brilliant. I bet, I bet you were gutted when she said that. <laughs> I you were, you, can, you, can you stay at home and watch all the football for this? <laughs> yeah. Happy yeah, days. Good good stuff anyway. Well, that, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. 35 minutes for you to, to, to digest between games. As I say, we decided to have a little bit of a break over Christmas. Genuinely, scheduling with life would have been an absolute nightmare. I don't know how we would have got together and, and, and done a pod. But yeah, brilliant. Thanks for coming on, Greg. And I hope you're having a good, a good Christmas break. Thanks to everyone for tuning in and listening or watching wherever you are taking in the podcast please do all the things that help us in terms of subscribing liking commenting you know reviewing wherever you're taking in the podcast as well all these things help the channel move up and appear in places that they wouldn't normally appear and then more people get to know about us so that would be absolutely fantastic if you could do all those good things thank you to lee for producing as well you're at villa park on is it saturday it will be saturday yes if you're at villa park on saturday i'll see you there i'm back so don't worry three points incoming for, for, for villa i'm almost as important as as one of the players now, Greg, I miss a game and we and we don't win. You know, it's vital that, that I'm that I'm back on the team sheet and I'm back in the whole end and and helping Villa get three points. So yeah, hope you've had a wonderful Christmas, those of you that have listened and yet yeah, up the Villa. Podcast Network.